This is Ryan Nidell, host of 15 Minutes to Freedom, a podcast dedicated to helping you expand your mindset and get shit done. Be sure to subscribe to this show and leave me a review if I've been able to impact your life in any way. Reviews help me reach a higher ranking, which in turn allows the message to reach more people. It's my goal with this podcast to positively impact a million people's lives. Also check out RyanNidell.com for additional content. That's R-Y-A-N-N-I-D-D-E-L.com. Also find me on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook at Ryan Nidell. Today's episode is Lessons from Vacation. So today's episode is, again, my favorite day of the week. I say this every time because I truly mean it. I have my beautiful wife, Lindsay, in the studio with me. Hi. How are you today? I mean, I'm wonderful if you're asking me. I don't know who you're asking with that question, but if it's me, I'm great. And I'm great because we went on a family trip back to my I say original hometown. I would tell everybody I grew up in Mansfield, Ohio, because I moved there in third grade. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, I lived in a suburb of Buffalo, New York called East Aurora. Which I hadn't been to, hadn't really heard of. And so we took a little trip down through memory lane with you over the weekend. And it was awesome. Yeah, I'm glad you guys had a good time. You and Gianna both. And there's something, for those of you that have been 100 episode plus listeners, there's some part of the guidance system of my life that I refer to as the voice. It comes to me through meditation, call it intuition, call it your internal guidance system, call it God. Don't care what you want to call the voice, I just know that in my life it exists. And this voice has been telling me to go to Niagara Falls or back home for quite some time. Yeah, you've been talking about it like as a family to go for... I mean, the better part of six to eight months at least. Yeah. And I I can't even say that I knew what I was going for when I went. It was just wanted to go back, maybe some nostalgia, maybe some unanswered things in my life. But nonetheless, we went back. Mm -hmm. Now, when I say went back, unfortunately, on the front side of this, there has been some issues with Lindsay. And when I say issues, these aren't things like I don't I don't take exception with Lindsay. These aren't issues that I have with her. These are issues that she is going through right now inside of her health. Yeah, I've just I've had some uh, I think for about a week before we left, I just wasn't feeling well. I've had some strange heart rhythms going on. Well, sure. And strange heart rhythms. I mean, she brushes over that now on the <laughs> microphone like it's no big deal, but it's I'm short of breath. My chest hurts. Like I can't. Yeah, I really didn't feel well. It was after the gym on a Monday, and then it happened again after I was done training with the horses on Thursday. Just really fast, erratic beat, and um, you know, made me feel dizzy, made me feel a little bit nauseous. Didn't feel really great. Couldn't catch my breath. All those things where I'm like, you know, oh my God, am I having a heart attack? And at 36 years old, I would hope not, but I had just didn't feel well for the majority of the week. Right. So these things are going on. And she shared them with me. And Friday morning, I get up because I, again, my normal morning ritual that you guys all know. And I, I go through that. And as I turn around from making my green smoothie, there is Lindsay sitting on the kitchen floor, back against our kitchen sink on the mat that she has so eloquently put down for really, I'd like to say us, but it's her to stand in front of the <laughs> sink. Like, I. You don't hate, do dishes. I hate watching washing dishes. <laughs> like I don't even like watching dishes. I, nope. I I just want them to go away. You literally on Friday, no, last night before we went to bed, you you kind of switched out of the way so I could wash the dishes, and then you wiped down the table and the counters because you didn't want to wash. The I just dishes. don't. I don't like to wash dishes. But that, that's a that's a side point. So she's sitting here on the on the floor. She has her you know her nightgown on, her robe, whatever you want to call it, and, and she's sitting there. She's like, I just don't feel well. Like something is just not right with me. 
Yeah, I know my body pretty well, and I I didn't feel well at all, and it made me very nervous and a little confused as to what was going on. And so I said, look, I have some things going on this morning. Do you want me to cancel the things? Should we go to the doctor right now? And my things are not ultimately important. It's boxing lessons. It's going to the gym. It's going to get a myofascial release massage and some cupping and then really coming home to get ready for Yeah, we were getting on the road. To Niagara. I mean, none of those things are important enough to leave you home alone while you're not feeling well. She says, no, 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 I'll be fine. You know, it's just it's something that's concerning me. And I said, okay, so make me a make me an agreement right now. Call your doctor. Like, this trip is not that important. You guys don't know me. You don't know me yourself, but I am the consummate last-minute planner with how many hotels exist in the world and, and just the way things go. I never book a hotel room really till the last minute because I can hop on hotels tonight or Expedia and always find somewhere to stay. Yeah, last minute, like, we're driving and don't have a place to stay. And Gianna's like, where are we staying tonight? And Ryan is, I don't really know. We'll figure it out. And she kind of gives me that wide-eyed look like, is he kidding? <laughs> nope. Right. But in this, like our fear of loss right now, our fear of missing out to me is zero because we're not out any actual money. We haven't put deposits on anything. We're, you know, we could just stay and focus on Lindsay's health. And so I go to my appointments. And I do my things. And the doctor's office office is like, I leave the house very early. I'm out of the house by 645, 7 o'clock at the latest. I know the doctor's office doesn't open until 8.30 or 9, so mm-hmm. I call her on my way to my myofascial release massage appointment, which starts at 10 o'clock, opposite side of town. And I call her on the way over, and she's like, yeah, you know, I, I called in, and they're going to try to get me in next week. I'm like, huh. Like, it strikes me as funny. Not too funny, but I'm like, wait, wait so explain this to me. You, you called your doctor. You told them that you have chest pains, you're short of breath, you've had a headache, and you get dizzy. And they basically said to you, like, yeah, we'll see you next week. We'll see if we can get you on the schedule. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And I'm like, all right. I still don't think we should go. I still think we should seek additional input. You know, I don't know if it's ER or urgent care or clinic or somewhere different. She's like, no, 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 no big deal. And so we go back and forth as I drive into the appointment. And I'm at the appointment from 10 until 11. Leave the appointment, come back home. We're also speaking on the way home. And I'm trying to reiterate the same thing to her, that this trip is not that important. Yeah, and I just said to you, like, I know my body. I know how I feel. I don't want to put off the little family trip. We've been planning this for a while. We've been trying to go. We haven't found a weekend. If I thought I needed to go to the ER, I'd go to the ER. Like, it's fine. I'm probably just making myself anxious about the little heart episode, so it's making it worse. No big deal. We're just going to roll with it. I'm cool. And so I'll circle back around to the fun parts of the trip as we're in New York and at Niagara Falls and all the good stuff we did. We get home last night at 6.45 or so, drop Lindsay off at her father's house. I'm sorry, drop Gianna, Gianna. off yeah. at her father's house. Lindsay and I come back to our house, have spaghetti and meatballs, we're sitting around talking. <laughs> and she start. I start asking, like, when's your doctor's appointment? Well, I haven't heard back from the doctor yet. Yeah, because, I mean, I called Friday morning, left them a message. They're oh, not calling me back. Oh, Now, if you're paying attention, see what just slipped in the back door right there? That's what slipped in my back door on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I said it on purpose oh, for, for, for effect right there. Even even Doug, the executive producer, just looked up wide-eyed again. That was an intentional Freudian slip. He's laughing, biting his tongue over in the corner, <laughs> face is getting red as he's shaking. I'm sharing this because here I am with my wife that I'm encouraging on Friday to just go to the fucking doctor. Like, you don't feel well. It's no big deal. It wasn't like this passive-aggressive. I don't do passive-aggressive at all. No, he, he doesn't. And you also were like, you know, maybe you should just chill out and relax. And I wouldn't go to the doctor for me, but I know for you, you feel things differently. So just go. Yeah, I, I eat so consistently and have 
such put so many different substances in my body, whether it's fat loss pills or anabolics or all the things I've shared over the course of the show, that I know how I feel and, and how to maneuver through what I need to do. Like short of the absence that I had on my leg, that's the last time I've been to the doctor other than like tearing my quad yeah. four or five years ago. But that ago. was also the last time you had any anabolics, so it wasn't Yeah. You know. But but all these things are going on and, and I'm telling her, you know, Here's what I would do if I was in your position. You don't want my advice. You haven't asked for it yet. So until you ask for it, I'm not going to shove it down your throat. And she goes, well, tell me what you do. So I walk her through what I would do. I would cut out stimulants. I would get rid of caffeine. I would drink more water. I would make sure I'm eating three or four meals a day. She thought it might be hypo or hypothyroidism. So either way on that, you can cater to if that's going on by eating consistently throughout the day and seeing how your body responds. If you have slow metabolism, you're going to get tired. If you have fast metabolism, you start to get hungry again. Like, it's just understanding the human body and how it works. I'm not a medical doctor. I don't have a degree. I don't have all the answers. But I have that weird thing that some of us have and some of us don't. It's called common sense. (laughs) And so through these things, she says, okay, you know, I'll try those things. It's not that bad. We're fine. Okay, I've now tried for the better part of 45 minutes out of the two hours I've been away from the house of trying to get her to go to the doctor. She says she's called and that she's waiting a call back. Foolish me, I think that Lindsay has actually spoken to somebody at the doctor. I didn't think I needed to ask the follow-up questions. Lindsay, like, who did you speak to? At what time? What did they say? Like, I didn't think we were getting down like that. Didn't even dawn on me. Until we get home, we're having spaghetti and meatballs. I'm like, what time's your appointment on Monday? Well, I don't really have one yet. And then it dawns on me. And I ask her, like, did you just leave a message? Is that your way of yep. getting a hold of? I sure did, because I called before they were open. And so here's my wife who is concerned enough about her health that she's sitting on the kitchen floor in almost the fetal position, worried about how she feels. That then makes me worried that then I ask her to call the doctor who says she says she's going to, but she doesn't really want to call the doctor. It's like this weird conundrum that ends up for the first time. I've been pissed off at Lindsay twice in our relationship. (laughs) You were super pissed. Like literally two times. One time was in Vegas. Mm Mm-hmm. Where she was in Vegas, I was in Denver at a conference. Not at a conference. I was teaching. People I was at a conference. She was at a conference. <clears throat> I was teaching people how to um, sell through Amazon. You know, to get in the buy box in Amazon. Some stuff based around that part of life. She's out with a bunch of friends. She sells Rodan and Fields, and there was a big Rodan and Fields convention there. And in that, she's going to Hakkasan, I think. Yeah, we we've been out that night. Yeah, well, your plan was to go to Hakkasan. There was some famous DJ playing there. Now, in my mind, I'm thinking you have a convention full of, I'll make up a number, twenty or 30,000 women that are like wild beasts off the leash for the first time. Like they're not around their husbands. They're not around their kids. They're not around their spouses or boyfriends or girlfriends. Like I know at that point, like if I'm a woman and I've been raising kids for 10 years and this is my first time away, all bets are off. <laughs> like – and I'm, my concern was never with Lindsay. Like, I don't care what she does. It's not, that's not our relationship. My concern was that she was safe and taken care of. If she wants to drink, she should drink. If she wants to party, she should party. If she wants to stay out all night, she should stay out all night. I don't care. Just stay in contact so I know you're safe. It's literally verbatim what I said. Right? Yep. Just didn't care. And so the night progresses, and I'm in Denver, and she's in Vegas, and I think they're a different time zone. They might be the same. They might be off by an hour. Don't really know. Don't really care at this point. And in that time, eventually, Lindsay's phone dies. Now, I come from the world, an old world, 
where I used to be a piece of shit. And when I used to be a piece of shit, it was the easiest thing to say that my phone died. Turn the thing off, put the, put the thing in my pocket. I was a free man for that period of time. And that was subconsciously some of what was going on. And Lindsay's sitting across from me glaring at me right now like this is some big thing. This is three years ago now. Maybe even longer. Why are you so grumpopotamus right now? I'm not grumpopotamus. It's just like, I mean, what's the point of all of because this o- part? There's only been two times in life that, that you're mad, mad at me. me. <laughs> I need. To, I can't say there's only been two times and not give reference to the first time. Yeah. It doesn't work. No, my phone died. I didn't call you. I plugged it in when I got back to the hotel room, which turned out to be about... Oh, I don't know, 4.35 a.m. Because one of the moms off the leash drank herself into oblivion, locked herself in the bathroom at Hakkasan. We had the chain smokers were there. There was a private area that RNF had rented out. Um, and she just pounded drinks and pounded drinks. And we're over there going, Something, somebody's got to cut her off. Like, what's going to happen here? Ended up getting horribly ill, locking herself unintentionally in the Hakkasan bathroom, having to have security break through the door. The three of us that were with her in the group, dragging her out of the bathroom, her vomiting all down the hallway, having to stick her in a wheelchair and wheel her through the MGM, slumped over and going back to her hotel room to try to stick her in the bathtub and take care of her. And so that turned out to be my super fun partying evening. And my phone was dead. My other girlfriend's phone had gotten left in the bar and hers was dead, the one that was vomiting. So, so men, <laughs> men and women, if you're listening right now and you hear this Mess. story, like from the outside, now I know my wife and I believe my wife. She doesn't lie to me. It's no big deal. But if any other person other than my wife had shared this story with me, I would look at them straight in the eye and say, you're full of shit. Right? It was the craziest Like, this just isn't thing. true. Like, this, I don't care. Like, it's nobody. Whatever you did, just own it. Like, I don't care. Keep it to yourself. And we're past this point now. Like, I don't hold, I don't harbor resentment for her from this. But we didn't end up speaking until I was already at my conference. So something had happened. Either she fell asleep. Yeah, I plugged my phone in. It was like 4.30 in the morning when I got in. I plugged my phone in washed my face, brushed my teeth, laid down on the bed. My phone was still not like turned on. And I was like, I'll just lay here for a second until, you know, it comes back on and I'll text him. And my ass passed out and I was done. And so my conference, I remember started at nine and I'll say it was an hour before, an an hour backwards time zone wise. Either way, I had to remove myself from the conference to take Lindsay's phone call that I hadn't spoken to her since 11 p.m. the night before. Yeah, so you like were super pissed she, off because you were even, very worried. She hadn't even been out yet. Like when we spoke, she was still getting ready, hotel room, dinner, some other variation of this. Yeah. And here, what feels like almost 12 hours passed, my wife is in Vegas, which I inherently don't love Vegas. I think it's a place where inhibitions run wild and like all rules and all bets seem to be off, not only for you as the individual spectator going, but also for the society and culture as a whole. Like to me, roofies and crazy stuff and your drinks and just... Like, it's just not a healthy, safe environment. It's kind of a cesspool. Yeah. You know, whatever. If you like Vegas, you like Vegas. It's just not for me. And so my wife is there and doesn't call me for 12 hours. And then when she calls, she's super surprised that I'm pissed off. And I'm like super pissed. <laughs> yeah. Like high, high, high level pissed. High pissed level pissed. enough piss. that she eventually feels surprised to me. She leaves Vegas, flies to Denver, and ends up coming in that night because 
Yeah, I felt really me. bad because I think I think part of you didn't really believe no, what I, I was I, telling I you, which is that, crazy. I, admittedly, I still, I'll just call it what it is. <laughs> I don't know that I fully believe you. It's just a story that, we, that we're going to run with no, for the rest I, of our lives. No, you don't believe me because that, that's the kind of shit stories you used to tell when you were a piece of shit, but I've never been that piece of shit. No, so. but come on. Time out. Like, your phone died. Your friend left her phone in the club. Another friend got I mean, sick. She, then you I got, don't think she ever recovered that phone. I think it was either covered in vomit or she left it in the bathroom. <laughs> and then all those things happen. Then you finally get back to the hotel room and then... The most important person in your life at that point, second most, I'll, I'll take a second seat to Gianna. I'll take yeah. position number two. The most important person, the person you know is most concerned about you. You know this person gets up at 4.30 or 5 every morning. Not back then. I no, have, not I, that I bad. Been more like and this is also coming from my husband, who is notorious for falling asleep face down in the bed in a hotel room with his clothes still on and the, all the lights still on while he had plugged in his phone. Like he's done that a thousand times. <laughs> so much different. I'm not in Vegas and I'm not partying with my friends. But let, let's let's play that game. I know it's okay though. But yes, that's what happened. And you know, years passed, and he still, I don't think, fully believes that story. But. I, I love the I fact can't. that she just brushes off this. Like, I'm not even through my recalibrated <laughs> so emotions at this mad. point. And she's sitting there saying, like, okay, on to the next topic. So I'll just <laughs> I'll brush off that. You get the moral of the story. Basically, my drunk, at that point, girlfriend <laughs> gets hammered at a bar and doesn't call me. And then just sleeps it off in the morning, flies to Denver, looks hungover as all could be. And then, and then here we sit. Yeah. It didn't break up our relationship. <laughs> so whatever. And then this time. And this time I'm mad. Like, I'm mad at her yesterday. And it carried on through last night. Like, I had plenty of stuff to do for myself, for business. And I'm mad at her because what's so refreshing about the way I live my life now, like, I can look at her dead in the eye and say, like, you're, you were selfish. Like, you were being selfish. Yeah, and you did. And when you said that, I got it because I felt really bad. I, I didn't – I omitted the part where I, I left a message. And I – Because not she – now, this is where it gets uncomfortable for most people. And it used to get super uncomfortable for me. So she says – like, I omitted it. I'm sorry that I didn't tell you. It wasn't on purpose. Then I pivot in the car this morning and look at her dead in the eye and say, no, it was on purpose. It was on purpose because you made the conscious decision not to share this with me because you knew it would piss me off. Because you knew I wanted you. Like, I'm worried about you because you're making me worried. It's not like I just, like, woke up and went, I'm going to be worried about Lindsay. Go get checked out. <laughs> like, here's my wife on the kitchen floor in the fetal position saying she's scared about her health. Yeah, it really freaked me out. Like heart arrhythmias, if you've ever had them, are no joke. And I've had, I went to the doctor today and blood work done and have some tests scheduled. And bottom line is they think it's probably something with my thyroid that's messing up my heart rhythm. So immediately he doesn't think I'm going to pass out. Yes, today. Today, today is a Monday. Today is Monday. This, this was this Friday. <laughs> and so we're, we're catching up on all these things on Sunday. I'm pissed off at her Sunday night. I'm like, you just fucking lied to me. And I look at an omission of truth at this point as a lie. Like, she didn't blatantly look me in the eye and say, like, I called somebody that I didn't call. Right. It just, she said just enough to get me to you know, kind of slide to the side and not bring it up anymore. Yeah, because I, I just wanted, to, I didn't want to mess up. I didn't want to rock the boat. G was really excited about going. You were excited about going. I was excited about going. And I wanted that, you know, nice family weekend. And I didn't want my stuff to mess it up. And I thought, I know myself well enough that if it's really that bad, I would have said something. And he's going to push it. So... I, I called the doctor. I did what I said I was going to do, and I left a message. That part I didn't I didn't tell you about. And it was a selfish thing to do. I just thought I was doing it for the family, and had I had died on a road trip from some heart arrhythmia, you guys would have been very upset. Yes. I mean, that story is weak as limousine liquor. Like, that's bad. <laughs> limousine liquor. It's weak. All that? watered down. That's just a watered down story. <laughs> I have never heard that before. That's right. That, that's that's Nas. That, that's actually wow. one of songs. Nonetheless, I digress in that situation. So... I say she's selfish because 
the parts of the story we haven't gotten to yet are the meat and potatoes from Friday until Sunday when we return home. So I've been with my wife almost every day for the past four and a half years. Travel, here and there, things were not necessarily together, but I know her very well. Mm-hmm. We spend time communicating every day. Like I'm not a, I'm an ultra present partner, like in every aspect of life. Oh, for sure. And in that, as we're there, like I keep looking over and I know she doesn't feel well. And then she has to sit down when she wouldn't normally sit down and she's holding her head when she wouldn't normally hold her head. And I'm sitting there like, I'm getting nervous and pissed at the same time we're in Niagara and Buffalo and East Aurora because here's my wife that didn't push it to get in the doctor. I didn't, didn't still realize at this point she hadn't spoken to somebody. But here she is not really fully being present in the moment and enjoying where we're at because she doesn't fucking feel well. Yeah. It's ridiculous to me. Yeah, it, it, it came and went throughout the weekends, but there were some points where I was like, man, I just, I just don't feel well this weekend. But I still had a great time. <laughs> he I mean, is what? rolling his eyes uh, and shaking his head. Man. Just I, I understand that had something happened to me, everybody would be very upset. And what well, and just I'm going to encourage you, the listener, think about where in your life you're being selfish for your own reasons and what the ramifications could be. I never went to the fact that what if something drastically horrible happened to Lindsay? Like there's enough we're we're not traveling the wilderness, like there's enough people around the quality of medical care in Buffalo, New York, I don't think is that much better or worse than what's available in Columbus, Ohio. What bothers me is the fact that she wasn't able to fully enjoy every moment of a trip as a family that we all went on that had we just waited two more weekends so we had Gianna again, we could have had answers, recalibrated the situation, and been all in together during that same time period. That's the part that bothered me. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's not. In hindsight, we talked about it this morning. Like It's like, you know, I was probably a selfish choice. I didn't think I was doing it for selfish reasons. I thought I was doing it for the betterment of you guys to not ruin the trip or postpone th- something or disappoint G. But that's always a sto- like those are always the stories we tell ourselves. Right. And when you can remove yourself from the the emotions and the impact of that current situation in the in that present moment and look at it more objectively, more times than not, the fact of us being selfless, thinking we're you know giving it up for the cause, like it's okay, I can fight through it. You end up making the trip not as good or the event or the situation not as good for everybody involved as if you just would have said, like, look, yeah, I don't feel straight right now. Like, I need to go get some help. I need to go figure out what's going on. Let's just replan the trip two weeks from now. But hindsight 2020, we still had a great time. Yeah, we had a great weekend. You know, stopping in, again, that that hometown, I'll call it, of East Aurora, New York, which ends up being this really quaint. Like, I remember it as a somewhat dumpy town. It was the cutest, most, like, clean and fresh feeling quiet nice town i loved it like pulling in with there's a roundabout and as we pull in i'm like i don't remember any of this part like i don't remember the drive in but as soon as we get on main street one of the first roads we come to is hamlin avenue and that was the, the street i grew up on and i remember say right away like there's a bowling alley on the right hand side that yeah. my dad and i used to walk and down it's still there and go bowling to and we i can pull right up to the house i knew where it was at and we get out and i look and i remember the house being not big but much bigger than it actually was. Now, of course, I'm. it's coming through the eyes of a seven or eight-year-old at that point versus now a 34-year-old man. And so it's going to be different. But we walk from there, walk across the street to, I, I had a, a good friend named Kelly Wables who we actually stopped by and saw. Yeah. Because come to find out, she, she did back then, but she owns a bunch of horses. She's a rider and equestrian just like Lindsay. So they had horses, so we stopped at their farm. We then walked down to the elementary school and we play on the playground where I used to play. And obviously everything has changed. Like, this expansion that I've went through in this amount of time, so has this whole community. Mm-hmm. Like, other than the ge- geographical locations all being the same, the playgrounds aren't the same, of course, and the fields aren't the same, and 
like even the restaurant, we went to a restaurant called Pasquale's for pizza. It was something that we always used to go to as a family. I take them there and it's remodeled. It's different. Of course. Again, as it should be. It's seared in memory in my mind of what it should be. But then when you get to the reality of it, it's something much different. And that to me is just another lesson for this episode. It's like how many places in your life are the memories that you've seared in dictating your future outcome when they're just your memories? It might not actually be the reality of the current situation. Like Pasquale is a perfect example. I remember green vinyl booths. <laughs> old tables, like just a local pizzeria. Not all that clean, not all that nice, not all that modern. We walk in and it's almost feels like brand new redesign. It's, it's huge too. It's large. It's, you know, it, I call it like Italian deco, comfortable booths, you know, nice wooden everything, like very ornate, very nice. classy, very nice looking establishment now. And I had been operating this whole guise before that we're going to walk into this kind of greasy pizza shop that had these plastic I, called, I used to call them tables that would... Yeah, you they're put the on 80s t- tables. Yeah, you put on the top of the... No, no, you put inside the pizza box. It'd be great if you listen to this and you remember this from your childhood. If you come in, there were plastic, I used to call them tables, that would sit in the middle of pizza boxes, push down oh, in the cheese, yeah. and the box, when you close it, then if something ever happened to the top of the box, it would never crush the pizza. Yeah, it doesn't get the cheese stuck to the top of the box. Yes, and I used, to, I used to have a collection of these stupid little table <laughs> things sitting around that we would clean off. I don't even know what I would do with them, but I had them. And so I remember all these stories and all these versions of what this town was, like the way the house used to be, the yellow color it was. Well, it's not yellow, it's brown, and now it's not wood, it's vinyl. You know, it, it, how the school was set up. And it, sure, it's still there in its general footprint, but they've expanded on the back, and there's a new playground. I just keep bouncing around all these different things and all these different places I'd been to, and none of them are the same. All these stories that I've concocted in my head over all these years, just I can't call them lies, but they were my truths that now have been recalibrated. Mm-hmm. Those truths, those limiting factors, those decisions don't have to dictate how I view those situations any longer. But that's true for everything. That's true for thinking about the way that I was brought up and the situation with my mother and father, whether it's you know my mother when she you know sat us down and said she was done raising us, or my father and, and him not being present. Like those are stories that in my mind are true. And they were true for the moment. But in today's day, I don't have to have those stories have any control or power over anything because the stories, if I were to retell them right now from this moment, are vastly different. Like, I know my mother loves me. I know my father wants to be actively involved in life. Like, if anybody pushes either one of them away, it's probably me at this point. Because of past decisions and lack of communication over the years, whatever my bullshit reasons are, it's me, it's not them anymore. Like, and it's crazy to go back and get these lessons from somewhere that's been calling me for so long that as I shared to start the episode, I had no idea why I needed to go back. But between that and going to Niagara Falls, which I had this burnt seared in memory in my mind of walk Niagara Falls. And for those of you that have been to Niagara Falls, you realize you can get right up next to the Horseshoe Falls and there's this metal fence. Don't know what to call it. It was retaining It's just wall. like a retaining bar. Yeah. And I remember at least when I was younger, in my mind, that the bars were not as close as they are now. And I remember walking up towards the edge and my dad pushing me on the back, but having a handful of my shirt and me not realizing it. And so as he pushed me, he held the back of my shirt. And so it's that thing of like, oh no, I'm going to fall forward. (laughs) But you're not really. like. And I was probably, my dad certainly never wanted to physically harm me and would never push me over Niagara Falls. But in my mind, I was right up next to the edge and I was going to fall over the falls. Yeah, and for him, he's just like, 
messing around with his son and, you know, yeah, doing and, something funny. And we could have been 10 feet away from that retaining wall. But in my mind, I was going to go through, like, I was falling over the falls. Right. And that's created a lifelong amount of turmoil in me with this dramatic fear of heights. Like, so bad so that a 10-foot stepladder, my palms get sweaty thinking about climbing it. Like, yep. it's, 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 I can't say it's debilitating, but it's pretty close. Like It's, it's pretty bad. It's bad, bad. And so we go to the falls and we start down, you know, I take them there Friday night so they can see the falls at night. And I can't get close to the edge. Like, it's petrifying because not only is it dark, but then I can't even see the bottom, like, of the falls because that's all black. You just see the falls backlit. And I, I'm like, I can't even get close to the edge. Like, I'm shaking probably 10 feet away from the edge. Yep. So they go and look and take some pictures, do whatever. We get back in the car, find a place to stay. Go the next morning, started the Maid in the Mist, have a great time there. That was so cool. Yeah, end up, uh, a quick side note, funny story, is we walk into Niagara Falls, we walk in the oh park. Oh, my God. <laughs> we're, we're there. We're, we're walking in the park, and if you haven't been to Niagara Falls Park before, the whole area of East Aurora Niagara Falls, that buffalo, has a very thick American Indian culture. Mm-hmm. And for that, it's everywhere. So as you walk into the Falls National Park... There is a statue, you know, a seven, eight foot tall statue of a famous Indian. And for the life of me at this moment, I can't remember his name. It's not that relevant. So we walk up and she sees the statue and it's Gianna, her and I. So let's go over and take a picture by this Indian. Like, Okay, great. I pull out my phone. I'm, you know, take a picture of the plaque in front of it so I can pull out my phone and remember who the name of the Indian is. I take a picture of the Indian himself. And I, out of the corner of my eye, I see somebody with curly, like brownish red hair, glasses on, you know, Heavier set guy, not not fat, just a big structured guy. Yeah, kind of. He's holding the camera, and I see another man, you know, diagonal from him, dressed about the same, much more slender, a little bit older, also holding a camera. Yeah, Link. they're taking the the Native American statue that's sitting there. They're yeah. taking video of it. Taking video, taking pictures. Lindsay taps this gentleman on the shoulder and says, "Hey, excuse me, would you mind taking a picture of our family?" He looks down, kind of inquisitive, cocks head to the side, laughs, smiles a little bit, and says, "No, of course not." So like he puts away his camera, takes her phone. We stand in front of the statue. And he's trying to look through. He's, oh, it's all fuzzy. And he's wiping it off on his pants. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, man, this guy looks super familiar. Don't say anything. He takes a handful <laughs> of pictures. He's laughing. The guy behind him is laughing and gives a phone back to Lindsay. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Like, I had no idea who this person is. Just tapped him on the shoulder and said, hey, do you mind taking a picture of our family? Like, he was the only person that was standing there. Yep. And so... The picture gets taken, and I pull out my phone. I'm like, man, I think this is somebody. I think I know who this is. <laughs> I type in my phone. I go to Google, and I type in Mikey Orange County Choppers. <laughs> now, I'm a 34-year-old man, and I grew up watching, at some point, American Choppers or Orange County Choppers. Like, when the custom-built motorcycle craze was everything from, like, 98 to 2002 or 2003, they were just the best motorcycle-building shop in the country. Like, they had tons of press, all types of crazy things. And I look, and sure as shit... It's Mikey. Yeah. It's Mikey there, and he's the one that Lindsay taps on the shoulder, and it, they're filming something for inevitably one of their shows or something they I'm do. I'm sure. And so <laughs> no I'm laughing. Clue. I'm like, this is literally who you just tapped on the shoulder to take our picture. So as we walk down the trail to <laughs> walk I had towards, no idea who he was. I get it. I get it. You wouldn't have. So as we walk down the trail towards the Maid of the Mist, oh, there's a, a little white uh, like booth, a booth. booth thing set up to the left-hand side. And as we walk by, it's, it's Mikey and Senior who's his dad, and the, they're, you know. Like the whole American Chopper crew. They're all there, and I stop. I'm like, Mikey, I'm Ryan. Pleasure to meet you. 
and we laugh about it. You know, I share the story that Lindsay has. Yeah, I I apologize that I'm really sorry. Like, clearly, my husband is a motorcycle fan and he knew exactly who you were. I have no idea, but I I appreciate you taking our family picture. Like, it's a great one. (laughs) Thank you. They're laughing and we're laughing and we go back and forth. It's just, it's very funny. Then we eventually wait in line. We go to the Maid of the Mist. We're in the line for Maid of the Mist. Like, we end up being paired really side by side with them all the way through the process. Like, they're in there just like, I'll, I'll say normal folks. They're nice people. They're super nice. And eventually they get called to the front. It says the line zigzags around. And so as I'm passing by, like Mikey taps me on the shoulder and says, hey, man, nice to meet you. Whole, you know, I can't say a whole bunch of stuff, but, you know, says some things, grab me out of the crowd. And it, it was just this really good experience. Yeah, really, really great guy. Really fun experience. And so we ride the Maid of the Mist. I'd never been on it before. Fun, good times. Yeah, it was so cool. And it, it, that was just another lesson from the trip for me is life is all about perspective. See, when I'm at the top of the falls... And I'm looking down, like I'm petrified, like scared. Oh, you go white. Scared, like it's so bad. My palms sweat. I'm short of breath. Like I'm petrified. But we're down at the bottom of the falls in this boat. And I'm looking at the water. And I know the current and the undertone in this water is world class. Like I know consciously if I were to fall in this water, the water would probably make me drown. But in my mind, it's like, man, I could swim in the water. And I look up at the falls. And although the people at the top seem super small, there's like this jagged rock cliff that I can see over the left-hand side. I'm like, I could probably climb up that if I had to. Like, this isn't that bad. This isn't that that high. This isn't this big of a deal. And here's a body of water that's dumping something like 400,000 gallons of water a second with the ma- ma- massive amount of force of that, you know, projects down to the earth. Like, mm-hmm. I'm still thinking I can just climb up this if I had to. But from the top, and I'm looking down, same distance, just two different perspectives, it's debilitating to me. The one from the bottom makes me want to climb to the top and makes me want to, like, jump out of the boat and go do it now. And the one from top makes it so I can't even look over the edge. Like, it's crazy how perspective just completely alters your reality. Like, and how if you can just shift your perspective, you can take control of almost any situation. Mm-hmm. But I didn't always have that. I didn't always know that was present. I'd never been on the Maid of the Mist before. It's the first time. So it's just one of those really cool lessons and things to gather from this trip. So right in the Maid of the Mist, we go back. End up looking at the falls one more time. And then we go to the anchor bar. Like, there's only so much you can do in Niagara Falls. Like, you see so much water falling and you get so wet. And then it's kind of like, uh, I've done. Okay, what else are we going to walk around and see? Yeah. Yeah, and so the original anchor bar, where wings are quoted with being founded, although don't really know that it's true that they get the credit for it, take Lindsay and Gian to the anchor bar. Ew, they were so good. Just great fried chicken wings. So my diet was complete garbage this weekend. Oh, for you know, sure. Pasquale's <laughs> pizza and, and food on the road and then wings, but it was good. It was good getting experience, you know. It was delicious. And you had the three specific places you wanted to take us yeah. and share with your family. And we ate them all. And they were pizza and chicken wings and hot dogs. Yes. And there, then we, <laughs> we leave there. We go see Kelly Waples, who I'd shared, the, the one of the horses. We spend some time there. And then just geographically, I want to take the family down to a lake that I used to vacation on called Chautauqua Lake. It's on the way back towards home. I figure it's a good time. It's a peaceful lake. It's beautiful. But in order to meet that last food spot I want to eat at, which is Ted's Hot Dogs. Actually, I think it's called Ted's Famous Hot Dogs. Like, we got to eat again. It had been like an hour and a half. And and these (laughs) girls are looking at me like I'm crazy. Like, they're both super like, wait, what? I don't want to eat. Like, it's not really an option. Like, I didn't ask if you wanted to eat. I said, we're going to go get hot dogs right now. So we go, go and have these flame-broiled hot dogs. And as we sit down, Gianna didn't want anything to eat. She's super grumpy because she wanted a vanilla milkshake. And we got a Loganberry milkshake, which <laughs> then the girls asked me what Loganberry is. And I'm like, I don't even know what to Nobody describe knows. Loganberry. Just try it. Like, it's a New York thing. 
She ends up loving the Loganberry. Drinking more of it than you. Dr- drinks almost the whole thing, which is fine. Same thing with the hot dog. Lindsay has a few bites of hot dog. She's like, this is really good. And John's like, well, let me try now. <laughs> Johnny ends up eating two-thirds of the hot dog. Lindsay yes. has a third. Now, of course, me being, you know, reliving childhood memories and also pushing myself towards obesity. I had two <laughs> oh of the jumbo hot dogs plus onion rings and fries yep. and some of the, the shake. But it was just so, like, they tasted different. They were so good. They were like charcoal, open flame, split hot dogs. Like, they were just, they were delicious. All they beef. All, all beef. All beef. And so <laughs> we drive from there. We drive down to Chautauqua Lake. And this takes us into late Saturday evening. Stopping at some ice cream, which, of course, we didn't need. Because <laughs> we needed Because we needed food. more food that, oh was my not, God. that was calorie dense but nutrient poor. Yep. We needed some more of that in our life. So we grabbed some ice cream. Got soft serve, which I haven't had for years. Delicious. Yeah, of course. Circle around the lake, find a hotel opposite side of the lake. And then I take, Sunday we wake up and I take John and Lindsay to Midway Amusement Park. And all these stories, again, I'm assuming as you're listening, you're like, I don't give a shit what Midway is. I can't expect you to. Like, these are things from my childhood where there were just lessons that kept coming. So we drive to Midway. And I remember Midway being this place I look forward to every summer. There was one day where we went to Midway Park and I was going to get to ride all the rides and play miniature golf. And it was they had an arcade there. They had all these things. And we pull in, and it's the one part of this trip that truly did not change at all. It's like... Yeah, it's straight on 1985. It's the land that did not progress even a little bit. So it's the same helicopter ride to spin around in circles. You move the bar forward and backwards, the helicopter raise or lowers in height. It's the same old bumper cars with the electric-charged pole at the top that, that scratches a grin to yeah. roof that can shock you when you're in the car. <laughs> yeah, that was always the fun part, whether you were going to get shocked or not. Yeah, it's the same water boats that spin around in a circle that are centrally, centrally fixed. Like, yep. Literally the same skee-ball arcade games. And, and we got to go do all those pieces and parts that Gianna wanted to do. And it was so great getting to rebuild the stories from my youth through her mm-hmm. and with my own wife now. And not that I don't remember those good times with my family because they were in their own right. But there was always this underlying amount of stress because I ultimately knew somewhere deep in my soul that my mother and father were not destined to be together. They didn't really love each other's company, and that was okay. You know, that was that was our life. But now I'm rebuilding the story inside my own family, and we're playing miniature golf together, and we're laughing, and we're holding hands, and we're all playing skee-ball, and we're winning tickets together. Whack-a-mole. You guys in the whack-a-mole. I got 270 points on whack-a-mole. <laughs> I, set, I set the record for the day. So I'm going to look at myself as a whack-a-mole champion of Sunday. <laughs> And until I can be proven differently. And then we walk down to the water. Mm-hmm. Because how can you be on a lake and not see the water? And so we walk down and I take off my shoes and I just want to dip my feet in the water. Like it, It's been so long since I've been in this lake. And the water's a little chilly, surprisingly. You yeah, know, it was I super cold. Eventually adapt and then Gianna comes over and sits next to me and does the same thing. And so I'm just like, fine, I'll do it. And her seat's wet and you know she does all this stuff to try to sit down. And she bends forward. The Ray-Bans that I bought her, now the second, no, I don't know how many pairs. Second, this is the second pair. Second pair she's lost in some sort of body of water. She bends forward and they fall into the water. They fall off my head. Yep. And she just looks at me in disbelief like I'm supposed to do something. <laughs> it was it was like five feet. I'm like, why don't you just take a dip in? You have swim trunks on. You just, you know, maybe fuss around in there in the seaweed and find my glasses. Yeah, and I looked her dead in the eye and said, no. I'll buy you a new pair. Yeah, I don't want to do that even a little bit. <laughs> because number one, it's not my fault she dropped her glasses. Like, that's. A pretty bonehead move. It was like, poor planning on my part. I bent over to sit down, and they fell right off my head. It's crazy. We just we literally just got those at our wedding when we were out in Venice Beach. Yeah, they're not even two months old. Three months. 
I, mean, yeah, I can go down the list of sunglasses she's had, but we'll save that for another episode. <laughs> Nonetheless, so she's looking at me, and we're, we're still sitting there, and like at that moment, trying to encourage her to be just peaceful and look out at the water and be present in the moment. It's just this other lesson that I learned in in the moment. It's when life starts to go crazy. If you can find peace, like in your surrounding, and then in yourself. It doesn't matter how crazy it gets. No, it, it took me a minute, but we did. And then we talked about coming back for like a family vacation because we're so beautiful there. Yeah, it's just a, a calm, decent-sized lake that's just on the border of, of New York and Pennsylvania. I and loved so, it. So we wrap that up, and then we, we make the drive home, you know, the four-hour drive back to Columbus. And so I've shared with you throughout this episode the various lessons. Like there's not a, this tie-in at the end of this particular episode of here's a lesson to take away from this. What I encourage you to do, if you have a family, a spouse, a significant other, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, is take time to look for something, like look for that road trip. Look for the four or five hour road trip that you can go on to recenter yourself and your thoughts around those people that you're with. Like I had very little work that I did throughout the whole weekend. No, it was great. But the the thing that I got from the weekend is that like these kind of things that you remembered from your childhood, Gianna now will remember from hers as a good, solid family unit and, and cohesive vacation together. Like That is important to me and for her. Absolutely. And that you can make the most of all these situations. Like some of the, especially if you've got things from your childhood that you know formed you that you haven't been back and seen, I will encourage you to make time and take time to go back and view them as an adult now and paint that different perspective. Like it's just a, a massively impactful lesson. And to me, when you start to heal that, heal that boy, heal that child, heal that girl from, that's got these traumatic experiences in their mind from their youth, then you start to really be able to heal the adult, you know, whether it's man or woman. And when you start to put these pieces together, you find that every day you can get shit done. <laughs> 